Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's your boy Johnny Bananas, and I'm going to be covering a brand new season of the Challenge USA on CBS that, of course, I will be completely dominating on my podcast, Death Taxes and Bananas, on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. Head over to that feed and follow us on Spotify so you never miss an episode. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Welcome to Food News. I'm Juliette Littman. Not David Jacoby. Let's put 30 minutes on the clock. 30 minutes. If you want to be involved in this program, I was going to say television show, but it's a podcast. If you want to be involved, give us a call at 646-138. I'm starting to forget that it's 138 and I'm thinking I'm losing my mind. How, how can I not remember the thing that is so easy? Juliet, I say this with love. I am losing my mind. If you, forgetting that number... <laughs> Is what's thinking that you're losing your mind? Then you've already lost it a long time ago. All right, then I'm in trouble. Let's move on. Let's do it. Um, really important story, really hot topic all over Instagram. Just we got to discuss the trending wi- topic: the wine river that occurred in Portugal. Wine river, great cinematography on the wine river. So much wonderful media. This is like why social media was invented to capture the, the wine, wine river. river. Yeah, <laughs> so we can see it wherever you are and know about what's happening in this town in Portugal, central Portugal. Only two thousand people in the town. That's a very small town. Have you been to Portugal? No, we discuss this pretty much every week at this point. Well, uh, you may be aware that I have, and I loved it. I have. I know. <laughs> I didn't go to this town, though. Um, anyway, a distillery called Lavira was storing excess wine. More mm-hmm. on that in a minute. And the tanks just collapsed. There's not a lot of information on how they collapsed. I'd like to get into that. 
Uh, but as a result, 600,000 gallons of wine just started flooding the streets, and it was a, literally a wine river in this town in Portugal. Yes, and you've probably seen the video by now, but if you haven't, search it out. It is a beautiful shot starting at the top of a hill. Well, which video did you watch? There's oh, the so, one that, the so one, many. The, the street, the one that goes down the street and it turns around the corner. I like how you think there's one video of this. I've seen like two or three, but there's one main one, which I see everywhere. Okay. And it is, the wine is flowing down a hill and the camera pans down the hill with the current of the wine. And then the wine just nicely turns the corner of the street yeah, right, right there. It's beautiful. I think you used the word cinematic. It is. It's cinematic. It is. It's it's a beautiful. Also, it's really red. And yeah, exactly. Like sometimes, if you think wine river, you're imagining like this wine colored river. And imagine you look at the real thing. It's like oh, it's kind of muddy and gross, and there's stuff floating in it. But no, this is a a river of wine that is wine colored. It's beautiful. Yeah, it, it really is. So let's get into this. The, what actually happened? This what the quote unquote structural failure was. Mm-hmm. So there's two tanks. One was open at the top. Okay, why is it open at the top? I don't know. It's like shit's gonna get in there. That's what I'm saying. Bugs, <laughs> it's bugs, <laughs> dust, just like open at the top is ridiculous. It's really confusing. And then it knocked over when that one fell over. For, it knocked over the other one. Yeah, like the the force of the of the liquid. You know where I'm going with this, right? That it was intentional. Inside job. It it doesn't make any sense why it was open. Why is the, it's the surplus wine. So maybe they're trying to get rid of it. And what we've learned is it costs a lot of money to store wine. Right. And maybe they can get like an insurance payout on this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jacoby, I didn't even go there, but you're so right. Oh yeah. And the, the CEO who they, um, they interviewed, he said that there was not a strong smell in the air afterwards because it was quote, good quality wine, end quote. A little plug of how good your wine is yeah, while you're doing an interview about this disaster that happened at your facility that just so happened to save you a couple million dollars and get you some more million dollars in insurance. I think this is a scam, a beautiful scam. I have some questions. I, I by the way, great, great call. I didn't think, I didn't think that about mm. that. I didn't put two and two together, but I, I'm in. I, you've sold me. Question though. What is the role of a distillery in the making of wine? Oof. Because we talk about wine a lot. I lived in Northern California. Yes. I live in the world. I've like heard about the process of making wine a lot. And distilleries <laughs> aren't that involved. But when you go to a vineyard and you really want to learn about how to make wine, but it's kind of like when someone explains the blockchain to me, I get it for the first 15 seconds and then my eyes kind of gloss over. I'm like, when can we taste the it? The information evaporates. <laughs> when can I taste it? <laughs> so if someone even forget what role does a distillery play, I've had how wine is made explained to me dozens of times and I could not repeat that information. I'm not proud of that. And so I'm just also confused about where this wine actually came from. Like I don't, I there. this is a distillery. It's been around a long time. I Googled it. But I'm sort of a little unclear on its function versus like a vineyard or a winery or whatever. Yeah. And so when you, this is another follow-up question. When you imagined these tanks, mm-hmm. what did they look like in your mind's eye? Like a water tank, like a, like a small town where it says like uh, small the name town of America. The New Jersey, yeah. like Essex on top of yes, it. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right, what so were for, you imagining? For some reason, for me, I imagined uh, large uh, metallic containers like you see at a brewery. Okay. And, um, and, but the, uh, the, the, I couldn't get over the open top. 
It's it's very confusing. It's like is any silo or water tank and like open like that? It's really weird. No, like a reservoir is open like that, but it's in nature. <laughs> right. It's like for water. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's part of the environment. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but wine should not be just open for bugs and animals and critters and dust and skin fragments to get into. It's weird that there's like a top to it at all. Like, is this like a swimming pool? Another good question. A repurposed is it a screw off? <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. Um, when I was doing my own research on this, I I noticed that there was a Wikipedia page, and I think the Wikipedia page was made for this event. Like, it's, yeah, of course, it's a, it's a new a new page. I yeah. thought this it, is an international news story. Oh, it's huge! It, it really was everywhere. It's, yeah, I think because part of it, the cinematography, it looks so great. It did look so great. Um, a couple things I noted. Number one, we talked about how the consumption of wine has dropped. Yes. The European Commission estimated a drop in 34% in wine consumption in Portugal this year. That's crazy. That's insane. It's a lot. A third of drop in anything over the course of a, a year is much shorter than you think it is in your mind. Oh, yeah. Uh, so one third of wine consumption in an entire country, just no gracias. Sorry, they don't speak Spanish there, do they? <laughs> Um, no, they don't. They speak Portuguese. Um, You've been there. I'm sure you know how to say no thanks, right? Uh, no, I do not. Of um, not. Also, uh, Brazilian Portuguese is different than Portuguese Portuguese, mm. uh, but mostly in the pronunciation. Anyway, and like idioms. Um, yeah, I don't know what everyone's doing. If they're like 34%, that's, that's crazy. a huge number. A lot of these articles say it's because of people just cutting back when they don't specify why and also like still some pandemic-related like drops in drinking of wine, but... No, no, no. People drank more during the pandemic. Oh, it's <laughs> This confusing. might be post-pandemic drop of drinking of wine. It's really, really shocking. It's 34%? Like, it's like, it feels like a shift in, in like Central European culture. Like, I'm just like, what's everyone Seriously? doing? Because it's Italy, Spain, France, and Portugal. No, remember, expected. Italy, Italy okay, stuck Ita- with it. Italy Italy's stuck with it. My bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Spain, don't do that to the Italians. Spain, France, and Portugal. But it's like, okay, so what are you guys up to? <laughs> yeah, we need to do some food Juice? just follow-up. <laughs> yeah, whatever, water? What are we doing? Maybe United wants to send us back so we can research yes, this on do some the ground. Research. Please do. And uh, figure out some of, you know, what to do with this excess wine. Um, on that note, producer Mike did some really helpful follow-up for us uh, on something we were discussing last week related to these food excesses. We talked about American uh, ch- American uh, cheese, but not American cheese. Mm-hmm. Yes. The <laughs> cheesecakes United in States America. of America. <laughs> Cheese surplus. <laughs> yes, that some claimed were um, hidden in caves underneath Kansas City, Missouri, um, or stored no, there. In, 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 in like mid- Midwestern cities, middle American cities. Including Kansas City, right? Yes. And um, turns out, shocker, it's not completely true. But it is true. But it, it did used to happen, kind yes. of. In the 80s, there was a, a huge surplus of, well, before that, really, from the Depression through the 80s, there was this huge sur- surplus of cheese. The government started buying it, similar to what happened with... Well, it, it started because the dairy the dairy industry was low. So the government tried to like bolster the dairy industry right. by pouring a bunch of money of into it, which led to cheese, which led to too much cheese. And then they put them in caves. And then yes. they started rotting. The cheese started rotting. And so they had to get rid of it. Yes. And then, so that's how government cheese started. Yeah. So they're like, what do we do with this cheese? We'll give it to um, underprivileged people that need it and to children. Lunch programs. Yeah. And and to children. 
<laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. And uh, I can't imagine that it's the healthiest cheese. And once again, uh, public services, maybe not the best way to get all your nu- nutrients, but hey. No. They're trying to work on that with school lunch. But uh, I thought it was pretty interesting and also a really lengthy article that Mike passed along to us. Yes. And I enjoyed it. And it was uh, centered around this gentleman named Dr. Wolf, I believe his mm-hmm. name is. And he actually went on a tour of one of these cheese caves underneath Kansas City. And having been to Kansas City multiple times, I was thinking to myself, like, we all understand the sewer system is happening underneath us or mm-hmm. like the subway system is happening underneath us. But I was never at any point in Kansas City being like, you know what? Maybe there's a gigantic cheese warehouse underneath this street. There is like a lot of like unaccounted for land where I'm just like, what's going on over there? I've only been to Kansas City once, but based on my recollection, uh, the main things I remember are the Whopper bar that's there, like a special Burger King Whopper. Um, you test love kitchen. Whoppers. <laughs> well, it really stuck with me. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, it's like minutes. open space here. So I don't know, but that's a great point. Like underneath the ground, there's a underneath? secret cave labyrinth that's built to store cheese. Who would have thought? I'd love to take a tour. That would be pretty cool. Of like the old cheese labyrinth. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I wonder if it's smelling. I wonder what the shelving is like. Yeah. And like. Do they just stack the cheese on top of each other? Or is it organized? Also, is it like, is it like in bulk? Is it already sliced? Is there like, labels? Like this is the cheese from April in, in 1975. <laughs> this, this is May 1975. It's pretty gross. Oh, yeah. It's like really gross. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Um, Next. This is a topic that I think is like. I just want to know what you think, because I know you are a big fan of the suicide soda when you can mix and match. Oh, yeah. And McDonald's is facing out the, phasing out their self-service uh, soda machines. And like, what if this is a larger trend across the soda industry? Like, what will you do? Well, there's a couple of things about this that I found particularly interesting when it comes to the way that they're phasing out is what they're saying, and, and, and I'll quote here. They're saying that the crew pour also eliminates theft and emphasizes the brand's new focus on creating a more relaxed dining experience complete with servers delivering meals to the table. They go on to say that free refills are a big draw for people, but they don't see that taking being taken away. So, so my take on this is these machines are dirty. That's with another thing. And gross. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to go a little bit more upscale. Like, but I don't, I don't want to be served. I don't want a waiter. Well, have you have you used a kiosk at McDonald's where you take one of those little triangle numbers and they bring you the food? No. Well, you don't go to McDonald's very much, do you? Well, I'm going to Burger King. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good point. <laughs> so uh, the kiosk system is the new interface at McDonald's. It's very helpful because I like to customize like extra pickles, extra onions. It's nice. Um, and I heard you could have your way at BK, but in McDonald's gang all day. BK. And then... And then <laughs> You can take this little triangle thing because, you know, I don't know if you've heard, I've got little kids. So we eat in more than takeaway. So you can take this triangle thing, put your number there, and then they bring you your stuff. Oh, interesting. So instead of just bringing you an empty cup, they then have to get up for your table and, and do the thing. And I also think there's a lot more Door DoorDash, Seamless, Uber Eats. Mm. There's a lot more digital um, sort of like Take interface out. stuff. So I think they're, just, they're looking towards the future and saying, let's eliminate the grossness it of people so doing their thing. But some of the consumers in this article point out one thing that's very important to me, the ice to soda ratio. Right. I like control over that. Of course. What's your preferred ratio? It depends on whether or not I have a, a refill available to me or not. I'm a low ice gal. I'm a high ice guy. Mm. If I know I can go back and refill it. Because I'd be low ice if I knew I had to leave the establishment. Right. Because I don't want to just have to take a couple Max, sips and then be stuck amount. with ice. Sure. Yeah. So... I think that the self-service machines, they also just don't treat them as well. I, this is totally yes. anecdotal. No, this they, they mentioned it in the article. No, but just in terms of how things 
like taste, like the way that they service them. Like I think the syrup is like usually weirder. Maybe it's just a flaw mm-hmm. in the machine, but when you can pick your own flavors in those machines, I think it tastes weird. Like it just never tastes oh, as good. Totally. As when it's just a like single. Like the movie theater things like Choose Your Own Adventure. Yeah. Ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they only have that at McDonald's too. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different varieties sure, of McDonald's. And I don't go to McDonald's as much as it makes it, as I make it sound. <laughs> but like, you know, my kids like to do like take some Sprite and some root beer and some Coca-Cola. Yeah. But once you're past like 27, you don't do that anymore. Mm, are you sure? I think it's like a popular thing to do. I don't do it because I'm just, I'm Coke Zero purist. But <laughs> Copy. But I think people are like, like to do that. Well, I don't know how I feel about this, but I, but they make it seem like we just want it to be cleaner and easier for you. Like, no, it always comes back to money. Yeah. They just want more money. They probably like waste a lot of soda on this. Because also like you just like let it go and I don't know. It's kind of gross. You know what don't work? Those new fancy water machines where you just put the cup down and there's like a sensor. Oh God, don't get me started on those. They don't work. They just don't always, get me started on those. Fucking water everywhere. And I have to hold the cup at a certain level. Yeah. Sometimes I, I use the bathroom at uh, number one, and I'll go to wash my hands, and I tell I, I spend like ten seconds I trying know. to get the water to square. I'm like, These no, sen- I'm out. Sensor technology is not there yet. They need to, yeah. Re- re- just take all the sensor technology away, reintroduce it when you're ready. <laughs> exactly. We this is this has all been a soft too launch. Fast. This has all been a soft fast. launch. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Um, the Rugby World Cup is happening right now. Of course. Um. Will and Kate are patrons of rugby. There's a few rugby leagues in the UK that they're patrons of. And so they went on their cousin's husband's rugby podcast, Mike Tyndall, to discuss rugby. And it's a very, they're also with their, um, Mike Tyndall's mother-in-law, their aunt, Princess Anne, Princess Royal Anne. She's the daughter of Queen Elizabeth, the sister of King Charles, KC3. Um, and it's like a really boring and dry interview. Mm-hmm. However, I have to sneeze, so I, I might sneeze in a second. Oh, yeah, I'll fill for a second. When you watch the interview, you can definitely <laughs> tell who the royals are. <laughs> there you go. Who the royals are and who the royals are not in the interview. Yeah, because the, the non-royals are way R- more fun. Rugby players. <laughs> and they're like... <laughs> having fun, and smiling. Like, yeah, they're like used to being on podcast. The other three are so fucking uptight. Thank you. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, but Mike Tyndall... So Mike Tyndall's married to Zara Phillips. Um, she's now Zara, Phil- now Zara Tyndall. Zara Tyndall is Will's first cousin. She's she's Anne's daughter. She's a very accomplished equestrian, just like her mother, who was the Olympian. Olympics in yeah. 1976. Yes. So you didn't watch The Crown? No. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm out. All right. Well, and then I can't tell you who played Princess Anne on the show. Um, you really want to, though, I can say. Uh, I'm just going to move on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, no spoilers. <laughs> um, but... The reason why we're discussing this is because Mike Tyndall was trying to like loosen everybody up. And so he turns to his like his cousin-in-law and he's like, well, I've seen you, Kate, play beer pong and you're very competitive. Very competitive. And she was like so uncomfortable. She just turned it into a conversation about like playing sports in her family and like who is the most competitive. But yeah. I would love to see Will and Kate play beer pong. But like actually like let loose. Really, I want to see Kate just like get pissed because some someone landed in their cup or get pissed at her partner and just like have to chug up. a little bit of beer. Yeah. I'd love to see it too. I'm sure they did it in college at St. Andrews. Um, she's really like, her thing has always been she's really into sports. Like she loves sport. She always goes to Wimbledon. She goes to the Olympics. Like she always like plays sports with kids. So she should have been in her element, but it was just like, wow, you three suck. I never would want to spend time with any of you. Yeah. They're so boring. Okay. Let's move on. Um, this is an Instagram story. Uh, related 
to an Instagram. A couple moved into a house and there was a there was a like a flood and a leak. And so then they had to like break the wall to see what was up to fix it. And when they opened up the wall, they found hundreds of empty rum bottles in the wall. Okay. I love this video. Before this was on the rundown, I had seen this video. Oh, you had. And one of the things I love about it is being a, a person of routine, as you know that about me. I kind of like drink sure. the same stuff, eat the same stuff. I'm, I copy and paste Monday to Tuesday, Tuesday to Wednesday, Thursday to Friday. And um, one of the things I loved about this is they open up the walls and it's all, uh, I believe they're called fifths, like the the small bottles that have that curvature mm-hmm. on the back of yes. them. And they're plastic and they're all Captain Morgan. It's it's like there was a giant human who thought they were a squirrel. And instead of having acorns burrowed away, they had empty bottles of, of Captain, Captain Morgan. Morgan. And they're all plastic. They're all the exact same size. Like not a single day did this, this man venture out to um, buy a big bottle for two days. <laughs> it's the exact same size, the exact same way. And in another post, there was a hole, there was the drop hole. Mm-hmm. So this man, if it was a man, this is, this, is how I, this, is, this is how I see this all happening. Okay. He hides it from his wife. Mm. He doesn't want to just put the bottles in recycling because he doesn't want his wife to notice doesn't that he's doing this. explain his drinking problem. Yes, yeah, so, so at, at some point during the day, he drinks, I'm assuming it's a day, he drinks a bottle, a small bottle of Captain Morgan's so and then just drops it in, into the, the wall. And I imagine when it, when it makes a sound, like you know when you drop something down the trash chute, mm-hmm. you can like hear it hit the bottom. I'm sure it makes a sound every single time. I'm sure his wife for years was like, what is that sound that happens every day around 6.30 before dinner? Could it be a teen, a teenager? No. Secretly drinking. It is not. How do we know? I did some follow-up on this. Oh, great. I did some research, as people don't say. And here's what we found out. I think out. Queen, Princess Anne might say research. She might, if she ever talked. Um, here's what happened. This is from Kathy, okay. who bought the home, the husband of the gentleman in the video. Quote, the person who did it saw the video after it went viral and reached out and said there are hundreds more, but also that he is now three years sober. Oh, my God. So first of all, shout to him in his sober journey. Wow. May that three turn into Forever. infinity. And... The idea that he saw that video in which literally hundreds of Captain Morgan bottles came out of the wall. If you haven't seen the video, it's more Captain Morgan bottles than you're envisioning right now. It's so many. And then the person reached out and was like, oh, by the way, that's just like my D spot. You haven't found my A, B, C, and E spots either. Oh, my God. How many more could there be? That's really sad. I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad he is okay. Wow. I just just want to note that it doesn't roll out being a teen, but it does make it. Unlikely. Very unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. That's so many. Um, okay. Quick quick aside. Yes. When was the last time you had Captain Morgan? A really long time. It's one of those things. It's There's certain it's like, products that I enjoy that are good that I just never, ever consume. I think it's a really good marketing because I'm just like, wh- I, I, I didn't even think of it as like a liquor. I just thought of it as like, it's Captain Morgan's. Like, that's yes. what it is. Yeah. It's, and so, I don't know. It's, it's, Do you know what base liquor it is? It's rum, isn't rum, it? Yeah. yeah, but it's like it's it, a Captain Morgan and Coke is much better than like a Bacardi rum and Coke. We used to have it in college, and then one time in college, like my friends and I decided to do like a liquor cabinet, so everyone dressed up as a as a liquor, and like I was um wait what I was Jägermeister, so I dressed up as like a as like a uh, deer. stag yeah, and my friend my friend was a pirate because she was Captain Morgan. <laughs> what? So we were all the mascots of uh, of liquor. Oh my god. 
I think it's a good concept, actually. I'm proud of that one. And I hate Halloween. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know it was a Halloween thing. I thought you were just doing this oh, on sorry. a Tuesday. It yeah. was for Halloween. Okay, there you go. Now it makes more <laughs> that sense. That makes a lot more, more sense, Thank right? You. Thank you, Juliet. <laughs> All right, let's Appreciate get into the clarification. our taste test. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. DiGiorno. I'm a big DiGiorno fan. Are you? You've mentioned that before. I, I think you're the only person, not that I know, on the planet. It's like, I ride for DiGiorno. I just really like, I think I think it cooks up nicely. However, it's expensive. When I go to the grocery store and I'm faced with like the generic self-rising crust pizza or DiGiorno, I'm going generic. I'm sorry. It's just a lot. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> the people of DiGiorno are not happy with us. Well, they might be a little happy with us. So we'll find out because we are going to taste both the pineapple and the pickle pizza from the one pie. It's go, it's half and half. It's half yes. of these. Um, you can only get it at the DiGiorno website and they're sold out, which is insane. It seems like everything we mentioned you can get from a website is sold out. They must it's also make like, 10. Who is going to the DiGiorno website and ordering DiGiorno in bulk? <laughs> I'm currently reading about this on the website brandeating.com. Yes. So it's a very weird world this out there. This is a niche, niche, <laughs> niche story. So, 
I love pickles on a sandwich. I never, ever want a pickle on a pizza. I'm a huge pickle fan. I have, as I've mentioned, I have pickle spice. I have just jars of spears and chips in my refrigerator at all times. Chips for sandwiches, jars for snacks. It's a great low-calorie snack, a little high in, in sodium. However, when you think pineapple pickle pizza, I had assumed that it was like chopped up pickles and chopped up pineapples mixed together, but it's half. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know what I was expecting, but I will tell you I was expecting sauce, and I don't see sauce on this pizza. It's a garlic-based sauce. Well. So it's like a I white like, pizza. Yeah, I like a white pizza. And the pickles come like pepperonis, large circles that you cannot consume in a single <laughs> bite, which I'm a little concerned about. I'm excited. Can we try it? Of course we can. And then, there's pi- then the pineapple one looks like canned pineapple yes, chunks but on not pizza. the circles, the, the, the chunks. The, the chunks, right, Should we start like. with the same? We'll start with pineapple. Okay. Okay. All right, shout to DiGiorno. Again, no red sauce. I like a white pizza. Heavy garlic. Sweet pineapple. I like it. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. You're lying. No, I like it. You do not, no, you don't. You know what it reminds me of? You're lying. Papa John's cheesy bread. No. In a good way. No. I really like this. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I would have more. No, you don't like that. Yes, I do. But it's not to like. It's too garlicky. And I love it. the pineapple is very, very sweet. It doesn't even taste like pineapple. Have you ever had canned pineapple? It's exactly yes, like that. Yes, of course I've had canned pineapple. Do you have kids? They might have had that. <laughs> I'm having the pickle one now. You got a full pickle slice in your mouth, but you need. No. I like the pineapple one much more. No. Wow, you're no. I, I, I like this. No, you don't. You're hungry. The last time you ate. I just had lunch. I'm not hungry. Usually I'm like dying for the food. It's not even a good pickle. No. I'm, I'm going to finish the pineapple one later. Good luck with that. That yeah. was disappointing. It'd be really good with some ranch too. Everything's it's, good with ranch. It's not pizza. It's but or, but I love like a cheesy bread, cheesy garlic bread from Papa John's or Domino's, and it's very similar to that. A little bit. I put, would those both be better without the topping? The answer is yes. Yes, but I don't mind okay. the pineapple. Okay, but at least you admitted that. Yeah. Okay, fair. Cheesy garlic bread is one of All the right. best things in the world. So yeah, you don't need to add anything right, to I it. I take back you being a liar. <laughs> Why would I lie about liking a pizza that's objectively weird? Um, because you want DiGiorno to send you stuff. Not really. I don't want to like have this in my house. It's just delicious, <laughs> <Okay>. though. <laughs> we know what I want to have said to me. It's Lock Alone. Lock Alone. And that's not happening. If ever. Anyone knows anyone that works at Lock Alone, reach out to Juliet Living on social fan. media. Um, all right. Let's move into personal food news. And I want to tell you about an ice cream flavor that I had. Ooh. That- at home or at a place? Uh I saw it like all over the summer when I was on Cape Cod. And I feel like this is a trend. I'm like, wondering. Is it in a freezer that you can purchase Both. a jar or is it like, Both. we'll give you a scoop? Both. Okay. It's like, a, it's like a, I think, I'm wondering if it's regional or this is like a new trend. It's coffee ice cream with Oreo swirl. Oh, that's so, so not it, new. So it's not? No. I'd never had it before. I, um, when I was a child or a teenager, I would take a Ziploc bag, put like three or four Oreos in it, crush that. Mm. And then put that in coffee ice cream and then mix it for quite some time with a spoon and turn into basically soft serve coffee ice cream with Oreo swirl. But have you been able to buy that at a coffee, at, at an ice cream place? I have seen it before, but they don't say Oreo because they don't have the actual Oreos. They, it's like cream. cookies and cream coffee. It's like cookies and coffee. Yeah. But is it a Massachusetts thing? Um, I'm from Massachusetts, so it's hard. I can't be fully unbiased about this. Well, have you seen it elsewhere? And have you heard of anyone else I talking about it? I think it's been it? a, like a special at Baskin Robbins, I want to say. Okay. 
Interesting. I think this is a regional trend that mm. I've just learned about. It's great. It's delicious. I used to make it myself. It's so good. Yes. Yeah, so you're such a... I didn't know you always had this, like, you know, this culinary spirit inside of you. Yeah, I'm a chef. Yeah, he's a professional. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, your turn. <laughs> okay. This is a trend that um, everyone can relate to, all right? Um, much more than ever, we no longer order delivery from the individual restaurant from which you are ordering from. You don't call the Chinese food place and say, this is my address, this is what I would like, you know, Please bring it. Remember have, when you used to not give a credit card? You'd have to have the cash, have on, cash hand. on hand. Yeah. And they'd, they'd have to believe that you'd pay for yeah, it when yeah, they exactly. arrived. Exactly. So big Question, leap of faith. What hey. is your app of choice for ordering in? So interesting. Um, I usually reverse engineer it by trying to find the restaurant and then going to their website trying to order. If they let me do it through theirs, of which course, is rare, it kick me to somebody else. Gotcha. So I like to go to the source. I like to talk to people on the phone a lot because I like to ask for things like I, extra mustard with Chinese. Yes, we, it goes along with needing to talk to all of your servers for yes. a long period of time. Yeah, and, and my wife's always like, they don't have a reservation at 8 o'clock. I'm like, how do you know? She's like, I checked open table. I'm like, have you called the restaurant? They'll call the restaurant. They'll be like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, it's good to do it, go to their website. Like, that's like a very nice thing to do. Usually they make the most money if you do it direct or whatever. Yeah, and I just feel like it's more. Yeah. Yes. I'm just curious. So more and more, I'll, I'll use Seamless, DoorDash, or Uber Eats. And what I've found is happening, and I want people to let us know if this is your experience as well, and I want you as a person to also share this because you're the only person in the room and you have a microphone and you're part of the podcast. Thanks. Is, um, wow. What I've noticed is happening is they will go to my, I live in an apartment building, they will leave the food outside and then not knock or ring the doorbell and then just leave and send me a text. Huh. And I'm like, wait a second. You know I'm there because I'm, I wanted you to bring the food there. You arrived. Two minutes. You were next to the door, and then you're just going to put the bag down, take a picture, and then leave? Why not knock? Question. Have you looked at your settings? Because one no. setting is, like, leave it for me, like a like a um, hands-free transfer or, Whoa. like, or I forget what, is the, that the default? what the phrasing is. I don't know. I don't like that. I ask, I always have them hand it to me. I want to just like, I want it as soon as possible. But that's a COVID era thing is like that they would just drop stuff off and there'd be no interaction. What's happened to me is I'll be hungry because you always order when you're hungry. By the time it gets there, yeah. you're like eating your pinky finger. Of course, yeah. And then it'll be like, where's my food? And then I'll open the door. I'm like, it's been there for how long? <laughs> that's the worst. I hate when food is not hot enough. Like hate. Or when it's not the temperature it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Yes. So I, I understand. Um, you're going to check your settings while we listen to some listener food news. Hey, Juliet and Jacoby. This is Molly from Minneapolis. I think I've called five times now, and I think now you just have a vendetta against Molly's. Wow. Which is fun. Um, love you guys. I have a group text that's named Juliet Fan Club with, like, a random creepy picture from your Instagram. <laughs> just a side note. Um, my question so for nice. you guys is, so I've recently moved from Minneapolis to Denver. And I have found that there's not, like, that one Midwestern comfort food that I can find in Denver. I 30 seconds. Um, so my question for you guys is, especially Juliet, who has moved from New York to California back to New York, what is something that one of those states that you've moved to doesn't have from your original home state or from wherever you're from? I don't know if it's, like, a lobster roll if you're from – Maine or on Cape Cod or whatever, but um, yeah, just what's one thing that you miss that you wish you had in your state that you were currently in? All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. I'm a little concerned about the amount of information Molly has about me, but that's cool. 
Um, Molly, thank you so much. First of all, I just want to say, Molly, cheese curds are hyper regional. Like, it's not like, hey, we've got bagels in New York, but you can get bagels everywhere. Or we've got Philly cheesesteaks in Philly, but you can get them everywhere. Like, cheese curds are, they're not available outside of like three states. Um, So I'm a little upset that you reference bagels because they're just not the same elsewhere. Uh, Upset? Yeah. You're upset? Yeah. All right, we can talk about that after the pot. Why put, a, you, put a pin in that. Why do you um, just not believe what I say when I'm like, I like this? You're like, no, you don't. <laughs> because it's so gross. The pizza was gross. I liked it. The pizza was gross. And you're upset. I mentioned bagels. You're upset. <laughs> I mean, I don't really like if you aren't going to believe what I say, how should we communicate? Text. <laughs> okay. Does it carry more weight that way? Yes. Okay, cool. Good to know. Um, Bagels in California are trash. There's oh, no I, no point in I, I don't want to upset you. Back <laughs> and to her question. So, um, I used to, my mom in both college and when I lived in LA would send me bagels and locks from like places I liked oh, in New York. Great. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, like that experience, the, the New York experience of a bagel and locks does not exist elsewhere. There are some good, like, you know, smoked salmon experiences in other places, but it's just not the same. So like, that's a major one. But I just want to say Molly, I, like looking at the screen as if she's there. I encourage you to order your cheese curds online. I'm sure you can get them. Yes, you can get them. So just, you know, sometimes it's worth the money. Like the absorbent uh, shipping price is probably worth it if you're really searching. But one thing about Molly, and this is complete speculation, is the way that she spoke about the cheese curds, they were like, in case of emergency, break glass and have cheese curds. (laughs) Like you've had a really bad day and things aren't going your way. You're just like, you know what? I'm not going to have a salad. I'm going to have cheese curds. And I feel like it was more, it was more sort of like spur of the moment she wants them available to her. Sure. Well, you got to just like create your own kind of like cheese curd store in your in your mind where you're like, I go to this shelf to get my cheese curds that I've ordered online. Have you ever had cheese curds? Yeah. I've never had cheese curds. They're good. I, I bet. Was it fried cheese? Yeah, basically. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it's good. Um, I had them at like, I think like the, like a like a food festival in Chicago once. It was good. I have a food news follow-up. All right, let's go. I have contact news delivery. That's what it is. I literally asked them not to do that. Yes. I I complained about them on an extremely popular podcast. Um, You're welcome. It's my fault. Look in the mirror first before you point the finger. I'm glad we figured it out. We did it together. We did. Food news Um, investigation, too. (laughs) A really good one. We will be back next week. Thank you to our producers, Mike Wargon and Ronick Nair. And Molly. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.